Ladies and gentlemen, how are you today? It's good to see you. You can see me. wish I could see you. But today, we are here to talk about the Agency Freedom Manifesto, item point number three. The hard decision you make once that makes every other decision easier. This is something that Gray and I are very, very passionate about. And it is really the starting point to making your life easier as an agency owner to find the freedom you've been looking for in your business. Um, when people come to us and they're struggling with processes and they want to get their systems set up and they want to get project management working for them and they want to increase their lead flow, all of these sexy things that we want to focus on as entrepreneurs, we don't start there. No, we start with hard decisions because Gray, that's where the real work starts. Is in the hard work. So you have teed up today's episode and you have done a phenomenal job. So I want to start first with if you were to justify why to begin here with this hard decision and why does this decision make everything easier? How would hmm. you start that conversation? Hey, Dimmer. That is a great question. <laughs> Thanks, sir. Well, first of all, let's talk about the hard decision. The general principle, I think, applies to pretty much everything. If you make a hard decision, you and I had a hard decision to make um, after having worked together in person for a year and wound up making the decision to work remotely. And obviously that decision has pros and cons, like every decision does. But after you make the decision to work remotely and to not have a physical office somewhere, then all the rest of the decisions about the office furniture and which office you're going to choose and everything else, like all that stuff gets easier. That's a silly example. But in the way that you structure your uh, organization, the type of goals that you have, if you actually make a hard decision about what type of goals am I going to, you know, like what, what am I trying to do with my agency? Um, am I going to use employees? Am I going to use contractors? Do we make a hard decision? Maybe that's not permanent. Maybe that is, there's, you know, some decisions are going to last longer than others, I guess. But anyways, there's all these examples of how like making a hard or courageous decision early makes things easier. So the biggest decision or the one that agencies consistently struggle with, the one that we're referencing here primarily for most agencies is around positioning. How are you going to be positioned? Are you going to be uh, poorly or like pretty much not positioned, loosely positioned. And I've got some, some fun examples of weak positioning or you can be strongly positioned. And so that leads into a conversation of what positioning is all about. Mm -hmm. um, can I tee you up with another question? Tee me up with another question. Let's say I'm an agency owner. I've got, I've got a team of five. I've got eight clients, six of them are paying me on retainer, average of two projects per month coming in. Some clients we work with in the past, some are referrals and stuff, but I've got, like, I've got too many plates spinning right now. I've, I've tried to hand things off to my team. You know, they're, they're awesome people, but I just keep getting pulled back in. Clients still want to talk to me. My team still has questions. I'm getting pinged a lot and I feel overwhelmed. Like I can't, I'm at my ceiling. I can't grow this thing anymore. I need help organizing all this. I need, I need project management set up. I need processes my team can follow. So I don't need to answer it. Like, why are you telling me that positioning is the place I need to go right now? Cause that makes no sense to me as I'm like drowning in the chaos. Right. Yeah. Uh, Tim Ferriss, I don't think that this is the exact quote, but talks about the principle when he's prioritizing his to-do list, which I'm picturing the busy agency owner spinning all these plates and trying to prioritize what, what gets done first. 
too often we get lost in the overwhelm and don't actually get any of those things done, default to whatever comes easy. But um, talking about prioritizing things, talks about how, like, what what's the one thing that if I completed that first would make everything else subsequently easier? So positioning is the same thing. Like, it's until you address that, it's just one more thing in that pile of spinning plates that, yeah, I should probably address that at some point. But it makes everything, once you're strongly positioned, and when we say strongly positioned or courageously positioned or which is what, what this is all about, is just having the courage to basically communicate clearly like here's exactly who I serve, here's exactly the problem I solve for them. Um, and by default then or you know, as they can either infer or you uh, imply or state directly, here's as a result who we don't help. Um, all of that then gives your you and your team so much clarity around what we're actually here to do. So those new projects coming to the table, it makes a decision to accept or reject a project much easier. Like, I'm, I will take this one on. I won't take this one on. What type of team members come in? What types of roles do we need to fulfill? Is this part of offering that solution? Is it not? If it's not, we're not going to entertain it. It's not just we get to the point where we've outsourced enough stuff to a contractor that it just makes money. That It makes sense. Uh, to pay less money to bring them in as an employee than to keep going on the contract route. Yeah. Um, it simplifies a lot of the decisions, you know, obviously marketing wise, like who am I targeting with this campaign instead of having to choose. Remember way back in the day, Guava Box, mm-hmm. we rolled out, uh, what was our manufacturing marketing show called? Do you remember? I don't remember what it was called. Anyways, it was like an interview style. It was um, a great show. It, and it was a good show. All it was three like, episodes. For the, for this, you know, for this campaign, we're going to target um, manufacturing marketing managers, and then this one we're going to target SaaS companies, and then this one we're going to target like all that stuff gets eliminated when you get real clear. You don't have to make a decision; it's just what's going to be the most effective. Yeah. Um, instead of saying how do we solve this problem for the first time, you say how do we solve this problem better than we did the last time. Dude, tweetable moment right there. That's a great way to sum it up, because otherwise we're solving problems once. And that's it. Yeah. And so like you're investing all that time, all that money in the team to go out and solve the problem, to learn the skills that it takes to put those things together. And you only use that asset once. And that's, we talked about, you know, two, two videos ago in the point, in the first point, like your business works for you. Like your business is an asset and there are assets in your business that you are missing right now. That you are sitting on today that, that are costing you tens of thousands of dollars a month because you're missing them. When you get this point, right, what Gray's going to dig in here today around making this hard decision first, like you unlock profit instantly because you're sitting on these things that you've cracked the nut once. It's like you, it's like, it's like building the cotton gin once and it's just sitting there and you're like, I ran that thing through one field, but I'm not going to take it anywhere else. Like I'm going to go out and I'm going to invent another like earth shattering machine the next time. Like, no, stop it. Solve the problem once and then continue to get better at solving it over and over and over again. I think in the services business, we're too easily satisfied. Like I made money to go solve that thing instead of looking at, we talked about this yesterday, instead of looking at building these assets and then trying to use that over and over. It's like, well, I got paid to do that. So since I got paid for that, I'm happy enough. Like I don't need to go reuse that. I'll go get paid to do something else. Check that. Or I'll go get, go get, go get paid to do something similar when really like we should be looking for ways to leverage what we've already built as much as possible yeah. to maximize our impact, but also your earnings opportunity, you know, the revenue, like if you want to be a real business and make real money, 
you, you've got to do that. Positioning, as far as being tighter, I mean, I think it's very clear that whatever you charge is direct. The premium you charge is directly tied to the cost of replaceability. And so if you want to be irreplaceable, you've got to be different. If you want to be different, you've got to be different for a good reason. And so this is a classic example. I've got a couple of fun examples of weak positioning. I'm going to skip over our own. I'll save that. That'll be a little goody. Don't click off of this Facebook Live. Don't turn the podcast off. <laughs> Don't want to miss Gray's embarrassing moment. It gets worse from here. We promise. No, here's this is a legitimate example. Yesterday morning, sitting, having a meeting with an aspiring IT service, a guy who wanted to start an IT servicing business and was saying my customer is basically anybody who has a computer. And I was like, uh, that's, that's nice. not, a, I asked who your ideal fit customer was like, not just who your customer was. Um, and then he's, his second answer was even better. He was like, well, someone with computer problems who can pay me to fix them. And I was like, ah, there we go. Now we're, we're getting closer. <laughs> and we at least stepped up a little bit, but I asked like, okay, but what makes you different from everybody else who can go fix computer problems out there? Like I can fix a lot of computer problems and, my four-year-old with the help of Google can probably fix most computer problems. Like we're, we're not, what makes you different? And the answer is so classic was customer service. Like really, I just care more than all these other places. And we always just pick, you know, if you go to, have you ever tried to buy, he said, have you ever tried to buy a computer from Best Buy or take a computer there to fix them? I was like, well, this is the worst possible example. I mean, yes, that's relevant, but customer service, everyone's going to lie to me and tell me that they have the best customer service. Like that's not a differentiator. Differentiate yourself in a way that is believable and uh, allows you to be irreplaceable. I don't know how good your customer service is until I'm already a customer. Mm -hmm. um, anyways, that was a funny example of weak positioning. But all that to say, positioning is huge for what you're actually going to make as a business. And then simplifying your life. In addition to making you rich, it can also dramatically simplify your life. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like when you simplify, the more specific you get. I love this spot because like the value you can deliver, the more specific you get, goes up because there's less and less people that can do exactly what you can do, and the more specific you get, the less things you have to do. Like you can apply the Pareto principle there and say, what are the twenty percent of activities that are delivering eighty percent of the results? And so you can become way more effective at what you do for your clients. It doesn't matter if you're a web design company. It doesn't matter if you're a branding company. It doesn't matter if you're like a full-blown content shop. Whatever you do, the more focused you get on the audience, like you're going to see trends. You're going to see patterns. You can pattern match and you can say, okay, these are the most essential things we need to get out first. And if we get those things right, we're going to help those clients see results a lot faster. And that means you do less stuff. So you charge well more, you do less. What's that do to the profit margin, Gray? Dude, I'm not the numbers guy here. You are. Now we're we're all working off of our broken our broken relationship with money. This all comes back to, <laughs> but our broken like we just get tied into whatever the norm is, and so this legitimately happens. Like agencies, we've probably felt this way before. Freak out about well, if I get all this done faster, I don't have anything to charge for next month. Mm. <laughs> yeah, because you're charging too little to get this done slowly, like. This is absurd. I understand that there's a lot of ways that you're adding value, but like 
you should be constantly trying to find a faster path to value yeah. for your customer. Because okay. guess what? The faster you solve my problem, like that doesn't make me want to leave you any faster. No. It's I just, just want to give you my next you know, my next problem or keep solving this problem for mm-hmm. me. And that's the untapped thing, is like the more time you spend with the same type of people, you're you can think their thoughts before they think them. So like if I'm if I'm a business and I'm really struggling with lead gen and like I can't get anything consistent here and it's like feast or famine in here and you come in and you solve my lead gen problem and okay I've got all these leads now but my sales team isn't used to following up with this volume you know so now I've got I need someone who can come help me like implement a CRM and like get help me work this stuff that we've that you've delivered these leads great now I need to close them well if you the more time you spend with that one person, you can think their thoughts before they think them. So you can package together the irresistible offer for them. This is where marketing and operations and delivery all comes together to in this perfect storm that, that we call the agency freedom model. But you get alignment around those three things, man. And that's like kicking it into hyperdrive. Like you're just humming on all cylinders there because you've positioned yourself well on the marketing side. You know exactly what services to deliver on the operations side. And now it all just falls into place and you start mm-hmm. coming. So now from here, there's kind of two different ways we can go. We can dive into some more examples or we can go into like, I, I really want to dig into fear because fear yeah. is a huge component of this conversation for people. Um, like common excuses that people make where captain, where do you want to take the ship from here? Well, the two are the same thing. I mean, it's the examples of fear is like our very first website um that we built uh for our agency guava box in 2011 or whatever i looked this up on um wayback machine good old web archive man it'll never let you live down your mistakes (laughs) don't show me man i don't want to see it (laughs) guava box exists to help you connect with your target market who is not in (laughs) we're in baby uh if we had any, it, that might not have been horrible if we had some definitions of like, help you, who who the heck is you, connect, what does that mean, who's your target market, like, what are we doing? It was just the most generic thing, and shockingly, no one ever commented on, oh, that's the one thing I've been missing. All, all this time, I knew I just needed to connect with my target market, and now I know you guys are the ones. That was the hook that uh, drove me to action right there. <laughs> Said no one uh, ever. That was a that was a rough one. I've got I've got lots. I'll I'll put out a blog post here with a whole bunch of examples of both weak and good ones. Mm-hmm. And so if you want to get but, to that blog post after this live, if you're listening to this on the podcast, you're watching recording, head over to zenpilot.com/manifesto. Click on point number three. It'll be linked up there to Gray's post. Boom. There we go. Um. No, this is all fear driven. Every everything is fear driven. The first time we, how many times have we gone through this now? in the agency accelerator program and the foundation component of people coming in who are undifferentiated, who are have weak positioning right now. They're another, a good example of someone coming through their hero section of the website says internet marketing and website services. Win more customers with your website. When, what type of customers who like what's different about you versus every other web shop out there. So, Fear is obviously what holds us back and there's a, a bunch of different types of fear. But the main one is like, I don't know what I'm scared to alienate people. I don't know what to pick. And what if I pick the wrong one, if I had to pick one, because I think we, hopefully by now you're bought into this idea that if you specialize and you pick the right specialization, you will be a happier, more profitable, more successful 
business. We probably should give more examples to back that up, but that's, uh, you don't have to do a whole lot of digging to see that that's the case. Um, once you get to that point, then it is, well, I don't know where to even start. Once you're like, okay, I can see the value in specialization or in stronger positioning. Where do I begin? Where do you start? So what's the answer to that fear? Who's telling who? Dramatic pause. The answer to the fear is just burn the boats and go for it. Like there's a formula. We have an audience matrix. We walk people through when like we, this is part of what we do inside the foundation, inside the accelerators. Like we help people make this hard decision because when you, when you make a data driven decision and you take the emotion out of it, you can move to action a lot faster. The hard part is when you try to make this by yourself, you're just kind of paralyzed because you're like, don't know that positioning reminds me of that one client that one time. And that gives me panic. Like when you make a data driven decision here, that's based off of your assets and your experience and your unique expertise. It's a whole lot easier to come to like a solid hypothesis a lot faster. So you burn the boats and you try something like that's the way you address the fears. Like, like I tell my little girl, you pull the bandaid off in one swipe. Like you don't try to peel it off slowly because that ruins everything. Like the only way to tell is if you go all in on something and you really give it a shot. If you try something like halfway on the side, I'll, I'll kind of tease it with one or two ops or I'll try a week's worth of Facebook um, promoted posts or I'll try to like po promote a landing page or something like that. That's not enough. Like we need, you need to launch, build a plan, launch it and go hard. And the important thing to remember there, you peel off the bandaid, you burn the boats, but it's not a tattoo. If you need to try round two, that's why we do the matrix. You know, that's why you have options there for whatever reason. It completely falls flat. You just try something else. Um, so it's, you've got to confront that fear, recognize what it is and analyze the opportunity cost of an action because you do pay a price for not doing anything. Yeah. I think it often comes down to what do you believe or like the bet that you're going to make. If you choose to do nothing, you're basically betting that like, yes, I want to be specialized, but I don't know what to, I'm afraid of being wrong. So I'm not going to do anything like the bet is random chance will reward me with a specialization that will be exactly what's correct. And that'll be better for me and for everybody else than if I intentionally make a decision and go in the direction based on all the variables that I can see. You're always going to have imperfect information and incomplete information. And so at what point, like there's no magic point where all of a sudden you know enough to go, like you're not going to get the statistical significance on what you're positioning. But should be. <laughs> this is where you so, need to go. <laughs> so instead, like choose one thing, go test it very intentionally. And uh, like you're saying, like burn the boats, go for it. If that doesn't work, the good news is there's more boats that are still out there. Like as long as you're like this failure will not be catastrophic mm -hmm. if you're listening to this. Um, and that doesn't mean you need to go fire all your existing clients today. Right. And there's there's a balance between um, between all of this, but the balance isn't let me keep having weak positioning for as long as possible, and <laughs> someday strong positioning will emerge. Like that's not how it works. It just it goes the opposite direction. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So once you get to this spot where you can make this hard decision, and you you bring yourself to that point, I hope you hear this. Like everything else flows downstream from that. That is the mountain that you need to climb 
and I encourage you to work with someone on it because it's really hard to read read the label from inside the bottle. You make this hard decision once and you get this positioning piece down. When you have strong positioning, marketing becomes a thousand times easier, right? Like we're agencies. We should know that for our clients, but it's hard to see that for ourselves. Marketing gets a whole lot easier. That is what everybody says. Everybody going through the foundation says, like, we can do this stuff for our clients and I don't know what to do right now. Yeah. It can be paralyzing when you're there by yourself. But that's why your clients hire you because you've done it before. You're the expert. You've proven the path. Like, that's why we're here for you. So first thing, growth becomes way easier. Second thing, operations. Your systems become so much more scalable when you nail positioning down. You've, you've decluttered the complexity and you've focused on the simple, most impactful things for that ideal fit client. And so instead of applying your creative energy to going out there and solving problems for the first time for a client, you are placing your creative energy on improving the system that solves the problems for the clients. That is when you're investing in an asset and an asset can produce a return without you touching it. That's what we're trying to get you to build here in your agency, not a custom problem solving expert as the owner that only works with clients that they can go in and solve the problem for it. No. Pick an audience, identify their costly problem, master the path to solving that problem. Iterate on it over and over and over again. That's how you build an asset. And all of those things get easier once you make this one hard decision first. Go make some hard decisions. We'll talk more about that ideal fit client Boom. on tomorrow's. Yeah. Episode of Agency Vision. So if you want to catch this full post, head over to zenpilot.com slash manifesto. Point number three, find the link there, click the post, check it out. There's baked in there examples of weak positioning, strong positioning, everything you need um, to get your, uh, get your creative wheels turning. And if you want to talk to us about how to apply this model, the agency freedom model in your agency, zenpilot.com slash freedom, zenpilot.com slash freedom. Book your free clarity call there. We'd love to chat and figure out how can we apply this model to your unique expertise and your unique position because it looks different for everyone and that's the point.